If you would turn with me this evening, the scripture that we've looked at previously on Friday nights, Mark, the 16th chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand. Turn with us. If you're watching by internet, be sure you get your Bible. Turn with us. And in Mark, last chapter of Mark, 16th chapter, 15th verse, he said, what's the first word? (laughs) He said to them, go, go, ye into all the world, and preach, go and preach, going and preaching. Seems like that's what I'm doing all the time. I'm going and I'm preaching, and then I'm preaching and I'm going. Well, that's good. I feel good. It's in this verse right here. (laughs) Go (laughs) preach the good news to every creature, even creatures that don't act so nice, every creation. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And he begins to talk about supernatural things, doesn't he? In my name, they shall cast out, King James says devils, but maybe a better, more accurate word is demons, spirits, evil spirits. They'll speak with new tongues, take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. Now, you know, some people have derived from this that you ought to capture you some rattlesnakes and play with them. And uh, I really think that could fall under the area of tempting the Lord. Because you know the devil tried to tempt Jesus. Jump off the temple to prove your faith. And he wouldn't do it. But you know uh, Paul was snake bit. And he took the thing up and shook it off. Come on can you see this? And it didn't hurt him. And if you're looking for an explanation of a verse, the best place to look is at other verses. Not at somebody's wild idea they had. But uh, isn't that miraculous that if you had been bitten by a cobra or the most poisonous snake around, and yet you've been bitten, the venom's flowing in your veins, and yet the venom is neutralized. And it doesn't harm you at all. Is that a miracle? Or even if you had eaten something bad. Or we have examples of the scripture. You know when the prophet. They were putting on the pot. To put stew in. And they went out and got some food. And some guy got some mushrooms. And they were bad. And he got some gourds. I guess was the King James word I should say. Poison. And the man of God just took some meal. And threw it in there. He said oh it's okay. Enjoy well, that took faith in God and the man of God <laughs> that he had heard from the Lord. But even if there was, though there was poison in there, it didn't hurt him. Didn't hurt him. This is miraculous. That this is something definitely that had killed people millions of times before throughout the generations. And it would certainly kill you. But something happened. It just became neutralized and did not affect or bother them. Every one of these things is miraculous. He went on to say, they shall lay hands on the sick. And what will happen? This is not medicine. This is not 
mind over matter. This is uh, believing God and the power of God coming in and causing a disease to stop and causing a a cancer to die and dry up, causing a tumor to shrivel up and and causing whatever disease or inflammation or infection to just be uh, uh, healed up and whole. You believe in in these kind of miracles. And sometimes people say, oh, I, I don't know about all that. Well, these signs don't follow all I don't know about. <laughs> these signs follow who? Well, that's very interesting. And so I'll have to think about These signs don't follow I'll have to think about. <laughs> it's very interesting. They don't follow. It's very interesting. That's very curious. We'll have to look into that. They don't follow. We'll look into it. Tell me who these signs follow. Help me out. Believers have made up their minds. Believers are persuaded. Believers are convinced. And folks say, well, I, I, just, I just can't believe that. That's a lie. You can believe anything you choose to believe. The accurate way to say it is I choose not to believe it. And that's a serious matter. Just like people choose not to believe in God. They choose not to believe in Jesus. They choose not to believe in the work of the cross and salvation. And that's what he started out talking about, wasn't it? Hmm? If you believe, and you believe it enough to to identify with Christ and be baptized and make a public confession, you'll be saved. If you don't believe it, does it matter what you believe? Death or life, eternal. Doesn't it? Heaven or hell matters what you believe. And of course, in this life, it matters what you believe. If you are a believer in the God of miracles, you can experience miracles in this life, in Branson, or wherever you are. Isn't it wonderful about the woman that couldn't couldn't feel her what? Her her hands for all those years? Now she can? That's a miracle. Having to take that medication for 30 years? Now I don't need it? Don't tell me that just happened. Miracle! 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 I didn't do it. You didn't do it. The Lord our God, He did it. And He did it because somebody believed Him. He didn't just do it randomly, haphazardly. He didn't just, you know, it's amazing. People think God's as fickle as they are. Like God gets up in the morning and goes, you know, I just feel like doing a miracle today. You'll do fine. Zap. <laughs> and people think, well, is God in the mood for a miracle? <laughs> he doesn't change. He's not like a fickle human being. He never changes. We have miracle and healing night. Not because we got a word from the Lord that he wanted to do a miracle just on that night. Any day can be miracle day. Any night can be miracle night. God's always ready. But what we do, it's not just all up to him. He moves in response to our faith. So what we do is stir ourselves up. To develop our faith and focus our faith and get ready to release our faith. It's more about us than it is about him. Because he's always ready for a miracle. Thank you, Lord. So verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven 
And he's set on the right hand of God. And he's there tonight. Hallelujah. And they went forth and did what he told them to do. And preached everywhere. The Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. Does the Lord still confirm his word with miracles and signs following? God confirms his word. He attests to the genuineness and validity of his word. He attests that that word is my word. He signs it like you would sign a document verifying that those are your words and those are your intentions and wishes. But he signs not just with pen and paper. He signs with miracles. He signs, hallelujah, with amazing things. For he is the God of wonders. And the word miracle in the New Testament oftentimes is the word for power. That's that's what it literally means. Power. And if you look up the words associated with it, you can get this understanding. It is power that makes possible. Say it out loud. Power Power that makes possible. possible. Isn't it wonderful that when men give you no hope and no chance and no possibility of getting your need met or getting healed or getting delivered or, or having any success, that when men can do nothing... There is power. God has ability that can make it possible. And we don't have to just throw up our hands and say there is no help, there is no hope. No, we know him who has power to make it possible. If you get to thinking about that, it excites you. Is it possible for you, you, to pay off everything you got? Come on, I want you to think with me just a minute. Is it possible? Pay off every debt you've got. I mean, don't owe anything. And have plenty. And bless folks in the kingdom of God like you. Is it possible? No matter where you are, is it possible? Is it possible? I don't care if you've hurt, if you've had problems in your body like this woman for 30 years. Is it possible? Like the woman with the issue of blood for all the, is it possible for God to turn it around so that in just a few years, I mean a few days or a few weeks, it's like that happened to somebody else. It's like a bad dream that happened to somebody, right? Because you're healed. No more pain. No more problem. You can go and do what you need to do and want to do, not tied to the bed, not tied to the medication. Is it possible? Come on. Is, is there power that can make it possible? Who does it come to and come for? Those that believe. Not those that are skeptical or wonder or doubt. or Those that believe. Got any believers in here in miracles? Let me see. Say it out loud. I believe. I'm a believer in the God of miracles. I'm a believer in power that makes possible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've spent some time in the book of Acts. And we have seen case after case of the miraculous. They lived in it. They experienced it on a regular basis. Are we a part of the same church? Shouldn't we have some similar experiences in our life? Jesus uh, ascended in, in front of them. 
uh, and, and was caught up out of their sight in the clouds. We saw them filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God blew into the room. It was like a strong wind blowing through that place. They saw fire. It got on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke in other tongues. They came down out of the upper room. People from several different, what was it, uh, 15, 20 different countries heard them in languages they never learned. It was a sign. Do you believe this really happened? Yes. Miracle. Uh, Peter and John came up uh, to the gate beautiful and saw that man that never taken a step in his life. He's an adult man. Everybody knew him. He sat there and begged every day, I guess. And they said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And he jumped. <laughs> and, and instantly... His feet and his, his whatever was wrong with him was made right. And he ran and jumped and leaped. Do you believe it? Yes. Shook the whole city. Because everybody knew him. Does these kind of things still happen today? Yes. Can they happen? Yes. Is it the will of God? Yes. It is. Power that makes possible. We see them get together after they were threatened. And they're praying. And God shook the house they were praying in. The whole building shook without it falling on them. And we see the same kind of thing happen when they were in jail, you know. I mean, the chains fell off. Everybody's door opened and the chains fell off. Now, that's a very peculiar earthquake. No, that's God shaking something. When God shakes, it's not destructive. The only thing that's destructive to is bondage. The anointing removes the burden, destroys the yoke, doesn't destroy the person, doesn't destroy your stuff just destroys the problem. <laughs> we see thing after thing. Let's look at an area that um, we haven't touched on much, but we just got through reading about it in our text. Go over to um, Book of Acts and the uh, 16th chapter. I'll tell you, for teaching purposes, let's do it this way. Let's go to the 19th chapter. Then we'll go back, I think, to the 16th chapter. Everybody believing with me this evening? You're believing for yourselves. But you're also believing for whoever will hear or see this. Tomorrow, the next day, or next week, or if the Lord tears is coming ten years from now. We don't know. But um, we're believing together for utterance. And for revelation. And for light. And what it is that will help us all to take the next steps into the plan of God. I don't want to just talk about church. I don't want to be religious and, and just, I want to experience beyond where we've been. Do you have a desire for this? Do you? The Bible said those that hunger and thirst, they'd be filled. I have touched some things and tasted some things <laughs> that I want more of. And uh, it is, um, it's different than a lot of people imagine and think, but all you got to do is read the book of Acts. And we see powerful spiritual happenings, don't we? Amen. Do we want this yes. in our midst? Would, would the Lord, is it His will? Yes. Has He changed from these days that we read about? He never changes. People have changed. And uh, our generation needs to see the power of God just like that generation yes. needed to see. And I'm talking about unbelievers. Uh, signs in particular are for unbelievers. 
Now they won't give the unbeliever faith. And they won't force the unbeliever to believe. But they are powerful persuaders. Aren't they? When you're looking right in the face of a miracle. You just have to decide you're not going to believe. It makes it easy for you. And so uh, how could that not be the will of God for powerful signs? And what we see in the book of Acts, whole cities turned to the Lord as a result of some of these things. Didn't they? Why wouldn't that be the will of God today? It is. He's He's never changed. He's not going to change. But the change would be with the church. With us, how we think, how we pray, how we believe, how we live. And uh, I'm, I'm doing the part I know to do. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. I'm not the miracle worker. You're not. We could rant, rave, and scream, and holler. We can't produce these things with our efforts. And people have gotten off trying to. What we can do is believe God. And we can be available to him. And we can learn how to yield to him. And be useful to him. But if we never think about these things. uh, We're not going to be on the same channel with him. And we're not going to be close to yielding to him. Didn't the Bible say covet? earnestly these gifts hmm? do we do we well you know it I mean you can not even be hungry and see something really good and smell it Phyllis laughs at me about watching the food channel I don't watch it all that much because I get to watching it I want one I think yeah I tell Phyllis, why can't, why can't we have one of them? Because she can make just about anything. I thought, we, can you make one of them? We'll find one. <laughs> Not even hungry. Well, that's the way it is with spiritual things too. You get to thinking about these things. Come on, you get to talking about these amazing miracles and, and signs and wonders. What it should do is stir us and put in us a hunger and a desire. And we must not put pressure on ourselves or each other about it. Because, said out loud, I'm not the miracle worker. I'm not the miracle worker. Hmm? I'm not. Our preachers, our ministers, they're not. And you're not. He's the miracle worker. And so uh, folks have gotten into error and they've gotten off. And we, we're not just hungry for the spiritual. We're not just hungry for the supernatural. We're hungry for God. See, there is spiritual that's real, and it's not God. There is supernatural that's very real, and people have experiences. And they think because it's real, it's God, but it's not. I'm not just hungry for something supernatural. I'm not just hungry for something spiritual. We're hungry for our God, the living God. Come on, the living God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we love. We love. We love Him. And He is ours and we are His forever. And we are not looking 
that we can have power, that we can feel like we've got something and we can do something, we need to acknowledge, just like Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. But my God can do anything. (laughs) And I can believe him. And I can obey him. And I can yield to him. And we, as a corporate group, can... You know, great things happened in the book of Acts when they were in one place, one mind, one accord, and we can get together in our faith. I said we can get together in our faith. It is such a powerful thing that people had the ability in the beginning to use it for evil. And the Lord said concerning the the people on the earth in the beginning days, he said, "They're, they're one. And they're all saying the same thing. Nothing that they've imagined can be restrained from them. Their language had to be confounded. Well, what if we became one with what the Lord wanted? One mind, one accord. You know, we didn't have to get warmed up in over a six-week period of time to try to think about believing. We came in and just were, were focused and hungry. And desire everybody on the same page and and believe in God. Well, you would see and hear and experience Book of Acts. That's the result. And uh, I believe it's up to us. I don't believe we're waiting on the Lord. I believe it's up to us how much we're willing to do without or if we're willing to change our life in our lifestyle. And if these things mean more to us than other natural things, then we'll seek him more and pray and we'll live a more consecrated, separated life and we'll cut out the stuff that's worldly and holding us and hindering us back. Are you listening? And we'll press in and we will experience the things that our heart desires for. Can you say glory to God? Can you say so be it? So be it. Acts 19. Let's look at some more miracles. You got time tonight? Acts 19. We studied this earlier in verse 11. God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Not Paul wrought special miracles with the help of God. Mm -mm. So what's wrong with that? A lot. This is not about us using the power of to do something. It's about God using us. And there is a giant difference between the two. See those that are in the occult evil spiritual pursuits. That is one of the greatest appeals. To have power. To get power. To manipulate people. To control. To have power. That's where all the... Um, you know, the movie stuff comes from and the mythology and everything of being able to, you do stuff. But it's never been that way in God. Jesus said, I can, of my own self, do nothing. Jesus himself did not just have power and go around doing and saying what he wanted to do. I mean, if he had a, you know, there would have been some perfect opportunities to demonstrate some things. Like in his own hometown. When they didn't believe in him. It would have been a perfect opportunity to say. I'll just show you. 
who I am and what I am. He didn't. I said he didn't. There were no great miracles that happened there. No. This is not about us using the power to do something. And don't think that's a small thing. Be on the watch for that. The devil's very subtle in these areas. Trying to suck you into desiring that and wanting that in some form or fashion. This is not about you. It's not about people being impressed with you. And how powerful you are. How spiritual you are. If that's in your mind and thinking, you are disqualified. Are you with me, friends? But when you know that you can of yourself do not one thing. Hmm? You can't heal anybody. You can't deliver anybody. You can't meet anybody's need. Y'all with me or not, saints? If you don't know that, let me explain it to you. (laughs) You, of yourself, can do zippo. Nothing. Nothing. But God. God can do anything. And all things for people that believe him. And he uses people. But not people that are wanting to be seen. People that are wanting, you know, just wanting to have experiences. You need to be hungry for the glory of God. You you need to want him to be seen. Ma, I'll give you a little insight into something I'm personally believing for. It's a personal thing, and I know this is very public, but I'll, I'll let you know. For some years I've been believing. I'm believing to have services where people didn't even know I was there. That I even spoke or did anything. They're so caught up by the power of God. They didn't even know that notice that or remember it. Now that's good service. That's <laughs> Are y'all with me saints? That's, that's good service where folks don't even. Well who preached? You know. I don't even remember. God was talking to me man the whole time. That's all I know. Who ministered? I, I don't know. Somebody, but I, man, all I saw was God. I was caught up in the glory for three days, man. I didn't know where I was. Is this possible? It is. It is. God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Talked about from his body were brought handkerchiefs or aprons. Verse 13 goes on to talk about another kind of miracle that we read about in our text over and over. Certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. (laughs) Watch this now. Usually the more technical you are, the more clueless you are. (laughs) Because these things are not about pushing the right button and pulling the right lever. And so they saw, maybe uh, they had heard, maybe seen Paul and, and the success of the ministry and the things that were happening. And so they, they were self-proclaimed exorcists. So they were those who were, had immersed themselves in the spiritual. This is their occupation, but not in God. And no doubt they had seen and heard some stuff. And when people delve into the spiritual without God, you're going to have some spiritual manifestations. And they think that validates 
how spiritual they are, not realizing how ignorant it is to open both doors and invite devils into your house. (laughs) A lot of Christians this way. There's a lot of Christians in ministries that have manifestations. And they think that validates that they're more spiritual. But they don't realize they're giving place to these things. And and actually allowing things they should not be allowing. It's real simple. We ought not be devil minded. We ought to be God minded. Spend a bunch of time talking about evil spirits. Talk about God. Focus on him. But we must not play ostrich and pretend that these things don't exist. These will be part of the miracles. Hmm? Are you ready for this? Keep reading. There were seven sons of one Siva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said. Now this is, without going in detail, obviously this is characteristic of someone that's possessed by a spirit. He's using their voice. I know this scares some folk to think and talk about this, but it ought not scare a child of God. Uh, A person can yield to a wrong spirit to the point where it's got enough influence of speaking to them. But think about this. A person can yield to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Huh? To the point where God's speaking right. It's not coming through their mind. God's speaking right through them. Mm -hmm. So we're not interested in devils talking. We're interested in hearing God. That's what we're going to focus on. He answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? (laughs) And uh, it went from bad to worse quick. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed. That means whooped them. (laughs) And they fled out of the house naked. He tore their clothes off. Naked and wounded. Now that's a perfect picture (laughs) of going into the deliverance ministry without God. (laughs) And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord was magnified. You might think that'd be a negative thing. But when the power of God is manifesting, it shows up the false ministries. They come out. People that have been imitating real ministry. And it goes on to say, many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. And many of them also that used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. Now see... This didn't make one of people find, make people want to find out about evil spirits. The power of God made them want to get out. A lot of times the reason people are dabbling in this is because their heart's hungry for the real and they, and they haven't been looking in the right places. A lot of people in, the, in these, uh, uh, what's the word, these deceptive religions and all other kind of things, it's people that, that have had a tender heart They know spiritual things are real and they're hungry for something. They know there's something more and they're looking in the wrong places and the devil's deceiving them and and trapping them. And if a lot of these folk ever get a taste of the real God, 
It's over. They'll burn that junk. They'll get out of there. It's, why? Because they have found what they're looking for. Their, their heart will resound in response and go, oh, this is God. This is not that junk. The real shows the false. But when the real's not in manifestation, there's nothing to contrast it with. And so uh, darkness is successful in the absence of light. And the, the evil presences, manifestations, and junk is successful in the absence of the real power of God. Keep reading. Many of them that used curious arts, they brought their books, they burned them before all men. They counted the price of them, found it 50,000 pieces of silver. They didn't care how much they paid for those books. They burned them. Made a bonfire out of them. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Prevailed over what? Over witchcraft and sorcery and and familiar spirits and all that junk. Fortune telling and all that stuff. The only success these things can have is people that are ignorant of God. Because when you get a hold of the real, you don't want any of that stuff. You ain't got time for any of that stuff anymore. But there were spirits that were dealt with. Go back to the uh, 16th chapter. These are miracles too, aren't they? Acts 16 and 16. Acts 16, 16, it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Now this would have to do with fortune telling. Giving readings, uh, you know, trying to tell people about their future and all that kind of stuff. And the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Is that a true statement? These men are the servants of the Most High God. Is that true? They're showing us the way of salvation. Is that true? But what's going on here? This is a wrong spirit saying this. Trying to pass itself off as something connected with them. Come on, can you see that? As a confirmation coming from the same place. The devil invented acting. (laughs) He did. Read the scripture in in 2 Corinthians. He talks about that he transforms himself into an angel or being of light. And his ministers do the same. And that's what's confusing to some folks because people say, well, man, I heard a voice and I saw a light and I had a great experience. It It was spiritual. It was real. Doesn't make it God. Come on, are you listening, friend? How would you know if it's God or not? Number one, It'll agree with this. The Spirit of God's not going to contradict anything He's already said. And number two, it's going to glorify God. It's going to glorify Jesus. And it's going to, number three, it's going to help people. It's going to help people, set people free, not put them in bondage. It's not going to glorify men or women. It's not going to make a big deal out of that individual. It's not going to draw just attention to them. It's not going to contradict the word. It's not going to hurt people. And uh, the Bible said, verse 18, this did she many days. Not just a day or two. 
Everybody say many days. Are there wrong spirits? There are. Can they influence people? They can. If they'll yield to them. But are there miracles involved in these areas of people being set free from these influences? Children of God should have absolutely no fear of evil spirits. In fact, now I need to elaborate on this, but Christians should be much more concerned about fear than evil spirits. Let me say that again slowly. Christians should be much more concerned about fear than evil spirits. Because fear gives any of this stuff access to you. If you have no fear of it, it can't touch you. Can't bother you. In fact, if you know the truth, you know you got authority in Jesus' name, they're scared of you. It's the truth. What did the Bible say? Resist the devil. Now if you're scared of it. You're not going to resist it. You're not going to be. You'd have no confidence to resist it. You're going to be trembling. You're going to be imagining this and that. You're going to be focusing on seeing this. Or feeling that. Or or what about. Fear makes you subject to bondage. Fear makes you subject. To deception and. And control. That's why I say. Now if, if you're not a child of God. It's a different thing. You can be easy prey. So you need to get saved. Hmm? If you're not a child of God. You need to get saved. Period. As quick as possible. Like right now. <laughs> but if you are a child of God. These things. Have no power over over the child of God. Because you are a part of the body of Christ. You're part of him. And the devil doesn't have power over him. Can't. But if you fear these things. And you meditate on them. You yield to them. That's the thing. Yield to them. Everybody say yield. yield. If you yield. How do people get in a mess like this damsel here? She yielded to it. There are whole groups. They still exist in the world today. They encourage people. They teach people. Mothers teach their daughters to yield to this stuff. In the areas of voodoo and witchcraft and uh, uh, sons, excuse me, fathers that are uh, witch doctors and that are supposed to, they call themselves holy men and stuff, but it's evil spirits. And they train, some of them were trained from the time they were boys. To uh, fast and seek these things and chant and try, try to yield to it. And that's how people get in these conditions is by yielding to it. Are we believing for miracles? Yeah. Including this area. Yeah. Are you going to freak out if some of these things are dealt with? No. Huh? In days to come. No. Or do we believe in this part of the book of Acts too? Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff that people say and do in so-called rebuking and binding and deliverance that really is just flesh. They're just sweating and hollering and nothing is really going on. But it doesn't do away with the real. There is the real. Jesus did it, didn't he? Didn't Jesus shut down these, he cast out these spirits? I mean, uh, after uh, the Spirit of God came on him 
and the anointing came on him, he'd just walk into the synagogue. And there'd be people that, that, that had yielded to these wrong spirits. And they'd scream out. And they'd holler. And, and basically they're saying, don't hurt us. Don't hurt us. Does that sound like something you should be afraid of? Let me go over that again slowly. The, these fallen beings are afraid of God. Afraid doesn't really express it. They're terrified. Of God. They're terrified. They know their time is coming. They know it. And when we say time, I mean lake of fire. And they know their time is short. And they're terrified of Him. And if you know that you're God's child and that His great Holy Spirit is in you. And that the name of the Most High King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that name of Jesus, has been given to you. You should have not one vestige of fear about any devil, demon. And if you are bold and confident, when they see you coming, they'll be be afraid. Because they know you know. And they cannot even resist the name of Jesus. They can't even try. That's why when you resist the devil. Hmm? Why would he? If you look up the word. The word flees. It's like to run from as in terror. Why would he do that? Because they, they cannot resist. They have already been. Come on, when Jesus went to the heart of the earth, come on, when he went there, he destroyed their power and authority on their turf. Come on, are you listening? When he was raised from the dead, he said, I got the keys. I got the keys to the place. Death, hell, and the grave. And he's got the name that is above every name, and at that name, every being's Above beings, on the earth, beings under the earth. Every, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess. That's why when he walked into the room, they started hollering, oh, don't hurt us, don't hurt us. Have you come to torment us before the time? Please don't hurt, please don't hurt us. He said, shut up and get out of here. And I mean, they did. Shut up and out. You are a part of the same body. He's the head, you're the body same spirit that's on him is in us we haven't known it and believed it like we should but he is and the authority that he walked in is in his name let's touch on this though if that's so and it is and Paul knew this because a whole lot of what we've learned about it we learned through him he wrote about it the spirit of God revealed it to him he wrote about it why did he let this girl Follow them around and disrupt them and holler out, These men are the servants of the Most High God. They've come to show you the way of salvation. Woo! These men. Are the, have you ever heard something that was right, but it just irritated you? There you go. <laughs> what she's saying is right. 
But the spirit is wrong. And he's trying to pass himself off. As being in league with Paul and them. So why didn't Paul. Do something about this. Why didn't he shut her up. The first time she said it. He didn't, he didn't do anything about it the first day. Or the second day. Or the third day. Or the fourth day. Or the fifth day. Or the eighth day. Many. Somebody say many. many. How many days is many days? Weeks? I don't know. Many days, you'd think. Weeks at least. Maybe a month. I don't know. Many days? Why didn't he do something about it? Well, I'm sure Paul's a spiritual man and knows and sees and hears the direction of the Lord. One thing you've got to understand. We have authority over evil spirits. We don't have authority over human spirits. She has practiced yielding to this thing. She wants this. The people she works for, they're making money off of this. They want this. Can you set people free that don't want to be free? Not unless... God gives you a manifestation of the Spirit as in special faith. Even though people have a free will, if what they're doing is hindering the work of God, then the Lord can empower you to do something about it. It won't necessarily fix their life forever, but it can stop the devil working through them to hurt the church and the work. And it said she did this for many days. And what? Paul was grieved. This is bugging him. It's been bugging him. And just a little experience in some of these, not not much, but a little bit. These kind of things are disruptive. And I'm sure that she's hollering this out. She's supposed to be prophesied. It's supposed to be inspired utterance. And I'm sure it was exactly the wrong time. Paul's getting ready to do this or say this or make her point. And here she goes, these men are the servants of the most high God. These men, I don't mean Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. These men are servants of the most high God. These men are showing us the way of salvation. Showing us the way of salvation. Showing us the way. And Paul was what? Grieved. Grieved. He's like, oh, shut up. Shut up. Why didn't he do something? Why didn't he do something? See, this is the thing we've got to learn. People have learned principles of faith, but left off the being led by the spirit part and left off the I can do nothing of myself part And that the flesh profits nothing. You know when he was on that ship. And they're in that hurricane. For weeks. Why didn't he stand on the ship. Deck of that ship and stop that thing. Why didn't he. Well. It wasn't his ship. It wasn't his. uh, He tried to talk to him didn't he. The Lord gave him a word. 
And he went to the captain and owner of the ship. He tried to talk to him. He said, guys, we do not need to do this. We're in danger. That is the protection of the Lord. And the Lord's will is that they'd have stayed in port through the winter. None of that would have ever happened. The guys would have got the car, go to port. They'd have made their money. All would have been great. Now, everybody's out of the will of God. And since Paul's a prisoner, he got no choice in the matter. But he didn't give up. He sought God. He prayed till an angel showed up. He said, good news, Paul. <laughs> God has, he's getting you out of here. And he's going to give you everybody that's with you. They didn't know it, but they should have been kissing Paul's feet. Because if it hadn't been for them, they'd have all drowned out there. And you and I should be believing God every day the same way. And people might not know it, but they should be glad when we get in the car with them or when we get on the plane with them. Because if we're believing God and they're not, it can make the difference between living and dying. But see, the, it's not just about hollering and yelling. We've got to walk with God. We've got to talk to Him. It's not just in empty phrases. So that's what the seven sons of Siva did, didn't they? They got the phrase. They thought, how did he say it? Write it down. <laughs> he, he said in the name of Jesus how you spell that <laughs> okay and so they practiced it maybe got in front of the mirror and practiced it you see I saw what did he do he put his hand up like this <laughs> and he said you shut up and you come out in the name of Jesus and he said uh, so do it how'd I look that's kind of like him I think he said it with more force like this you know and so <laughs> They practiced, they had the phraseology, and they got beat up. Because <laughs> this ain't about the right phrase. This, none of this is hocus pocus, abracadabra. Because it's not you doing it. I said it's not you doing it. If it was you doing it, me doing it, we'd have done a lot of things. In a lot of ways. But it's good. It's not you and me. Because we had no idea the ramifications of what we'd have done. We'd have messed stuff up so bad. Oh. I'm glad you're not God. You're glad I'm not even. But what we can do. Like Paul. He kept seeking the Lord. He kept believing. I'm sure he prayed about this. After many days of. These men. Are the servants of the most. Oh. He's getting up and the Spirit of God's moving and he's about to get to something good. These men are the servants of the Most High God. And he'd go home many days. He'd go home and think, God, I'm so annoyed with that. He'd pray in the Spirit. I know he did because he said, I speak with tongues more than you all. Didn't he? He'd pray in the Spirit. He'd pray. And I'll tell you what, after many days, she got up and men and this Holy Ghost came on him. I'm telling you the power of God came on him and he cast that thing out of her so quick she didn't know what was going on. She's like these men where am I and I mean it was so quick and so complete that the people that were in business with her they couldn't get one more fortune out of her it was gone. She did her best to drum them up. Couldn't get them no fortune telling. Nothing. Not a zip. And so the money dried up. Oh, made him mad. <laughs> he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. 
When their master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace to the rulers. And so uh, they, you know, that's when they wound up beat and in jail was over this deliverance. You know, we talked about that. Do we want miracles? You want to get beat up and put in jail? (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) Let's go over this again real slow. (laughs) How many want to see powerful manifestations of the Holy Ghost? You want things like this. People delivered. I mean, special faith. Working the miracles, gifts, and healings. Are you ready to get beat up? Or thrown in jail? Are stoned or killed. Because that's what we talked about this last week. That's what happened to those guys. That's what happened to Jesus himself. The servant's not above his master. And that's why some folk don't want to press into this anymore too. Because they're like, hey, I'm comfortable. Ain't nobody bothering me. I got a pretty good life. Yeah, but not the miracles. Not the power. You're not seeing, you know. 50,000 come to Jesus in one day. Hmm? Hmm? Are we willing for some discomfort, some displacement? And yet you can see they beat the pudding out of these guys. They got them, they put them in stocks. They're all beat over. Their their backs are open and, and bleeding. And what are they doing in there? Singing! And praise and God. Why? Because they are experiencing the power of the Almighty. They're seeing deliverances and healings and dead raised and whole cities turning to the Lord. Is that worth some discomfort, some pain, some discomfort? It is. It is. It is. I think it is. So it's a personal thing. You have to answer it for yourself. For me, uh, it is. I say, so be it. Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Go to Romans 6. I got a little bit more. We touched on this, but I want to go into a little bit more. These things are real. Jesus, as well as Paul, Peter, others that followed him, were aware of spirit reality. They were aware of the Holy Spirit. They were aware uh, and had experiences with angelic spirits, angels. They had uh, experiences with God, uh, sometimes being called up to heaven. They had experiences with evil spirits. They were aware of and dealt with spirits and the realm of spirits. Now this sounds imaginary and fantasy and strange to most people, including most Christians. But we will not experience the miraculous until we embrace this. till we understand. That if that's the way Jesus did it. The servant's not above his master. If that's the way Paul did it. That's, that's just the way it is. Do you believe angels are real? Yes. You believe the Holy Spirit is real? Yes. And they're evil spirits. And they're real. Nothing for us to be afraid of. We know who we are. They're afraid of us. But if we will press in. And not just live a carnal flesh, mental life, we'll begin to be aware of spirit and spirits. Now, we're not just hungry for the spiritual. We've already talked about this. We're not just seeking the supernatural. We're not just trying to have a supernatural experience. You get in trouble trying to do that. We want God. 
We're not seeking spirits. We're seeking him and his holy spirit. But if I believe he would teach us how to yield to him is a big part of it. In Romans, what did I say, the sixth chapter? In Romans 6, read this and we'll, we'll expound on it a bit. Romans 6 about verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof desires that you know are wrong. Sin is violation of light. Doing something you know you shouldn't be doing. Verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Now people who get in a bad way with evil spirits and get obsessed and even possessed again and again, it's yielding to sin that'll get you there. You don't just go down the road one day and, oops, you're possessed in a moment. No, 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 no. no. It's yielding to sin. You yield to temper and anger. You yield to lust and perversion. You yield to these things, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the more you yield to it, the more there's an evil influence coming through you, and not just you. You've heard people describe and say, they just, he wasn't like himself. He just turns into somebody else. Well, there's truth to that. There's another presence, another entity. But it's not just, doesn't just happen. They've yielded to this. They've yielded their mind and their, their voice and their actions and their hands and feet and their members. They've yielded to it until uh, people get beside them. They don't hardly realize what they're doing. That can happen with the Holy Spirit. You can yield to the Holy Spirit to the point you hardly realized what you said and did, and it was God, and it was good. Now, he's not going to take you over and control you. He's not going to do that. But yet you can yield yourself. Somebody say, yield yourself. Keep reading. And what was that, 13? Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God. Say it out loud, yield yourself yourself. to God. God. Yield yourself to God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of of righteousness unto God. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Can you see he keeps talking about sin because that's how you yield to the evil. People try, they, they got some Hollywood version of exorcist and this and that and, and that's junk. It's junk. And it's designed to put fear in people. And fear is the worst thing that can happen to you. Fear gives things opportunity in your life. No, no, no. The problem is yielding to sin, yielding to lying, yielding to perversion, yielding to ungodliness, yielding to deception in all forms of sin. You keep doing it, it gets worse. And over a period of time, you, tr- you are trained to yield, and people become such liars, they lie for no reason. They lie with, with no advantage to their self. They just, they used, used to, you, you know, you heard people say they just soon lies tell the truth. And that's so with them. And it's because for years they've yielded to it. We can yield to the Holy Spirit. Come on now. We can allow Him to train us. So that we practice yielding. 
Sit out loud. Lord, teach me. Lord, train me. Train us. Train this church. How to yield to your Holy Spirit. Individually. At home. On the job. And corporately. In service. As a church family. Train us. Teach us. How to yield. To you. Glory to God. See the more these people yield. To these hateful. Murderous thoughts. That's how people have become. So called serial killers. And rapists. And all. Why? Because they just, they just think about this stuff. Night and day. They just yield to it. And, and feed on it. Until this thing. Changes their personality. They turn into something else. You and I can turn into something else. <laughs> we can turn into more like Jesus than we ever thought we could be. Come on, we can turn into those that practice yielding to Him so much that we'll do it without thinking. We'll do it without reasoning and rash, just by faith. You, we can be trained. Come on, saints, do you believe it? We can be trained to the point where we yield without thinking. To him. Not to just anything. But to him. Somebody say glory to God. Keep reading. What is verse uh, 14? Sin will not have dominion over you. You're not under the law but under grace. 15. What then shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. God didn't save us and clean us up so we could sin. 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey... His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, whatever you yield to, that's what gains power over you. Whatever you yield to, that's what influences you and controls your life. It's what you become. You become what you yield to. Verse 17, God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Verse 18, Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity or weakness of your flesh. As you have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanness, as you used to yield to all that junk, now yield your members as servants to righteousness and holiness. Give yourself to it. Yield to it. Let God train you. Somebody say yield. yield. That's the word for tonight. Come on, can you tell it? Ye- say it out loud. Yield. 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 Give, give place to. Let him be God over you. Take your place under him. Cooperate. Yield means to respond, to act on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I said yield means to respond. It mean, if the Spirit of God is dealing with you, Talk to them about that. Talk to them about that. It just keeps coming up to you. What should you do? Yield to it. What does yield mean? Do it. Call them up. Encourage them. Go put some money in their hand. Go, go pay that off for them. It just keeps coming up. Just keep coming. Uh, get, get up. I mean, it's the middle of the night. You're tired. Get up and pray. Get up and pray. What should you do? Yield to What does yield mean? Respond. Act. Act 
on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Act on it. We're not not talking about hearing voices. We're not talking about feeling things physically or emotionally. We're talking about that that inside, that witness, that knowing, that prompting. What what do you do with the Holy Spirit's promptings? Help me out. What do you do? Say it out loud. Yield. Yield. Say it again. Yield. 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 I'm not done. Can you take some more? Go to 2 Kings, please. I don't think I'll be too long, but we need to touch on this some more. 2 Kings. Well, um, yeah. 2 Kings 2, and then go to Philippians 2. So we'll have Old Testament, we'll have New Testament on this. Now when it comes to the devil, what's the word on that? Resist. (laughs) What? Resist is the opposite of yielding. Resist. You ever had thoughts come across your mind to do something wrong, stupid? What do you do? Don't yield to that. Resist that. Feelings that came to you. Brother Hagin used to say that. He said even the most holy saint of God has found in their mind at times suggestions and thoughts that are absolutely evil and wrong. Doesn't mean that came up out of you. The devil's bringing them to you. From out here he's trying to get you to yield to it and think on it. No, just resist it. And don't, don't, you don't have to feel ashamed uh, if it didn't come from the inside. It came from out here. You just say, no, I'm not going to do that. No. Get out of here. Resist it. And then what do you do the next day if it comes back? Resist it. What if it comes back a hundred times? Resist it a hundred times. And say, no, 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 I'm not yielding to that. You resist, resist the devil. Yield to the Holy Spirit. See, we've got millions on the planet resisting God and yielding to the devil. That's why they are, they are the way they are. That's why they act like they do. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. If you're yielding to the Holy Spirit, that's what you're going to be. Is that good or what? You, is, is that good? The more you yield to the Holy Spirit, love. Comes in you, comes through you. Joy. Peace. Just those first three. Love. Joy. If somebody's yielding to the Holy Ghost, you'll know it. You'll see the fruit of it. In love, joy, peace. And these other. And of course, he mentions the fruit of the flesh. All this, and that's people yielding to wrong, wrong spirits and wrong things. In 2 Kings 2, Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind. Elisha wouldn't leave him and stayed with him. He had been with him, training with him for years. And he told him, Elijah told Elijah, if you see me when I go, then your request would be granted. He had asked for a double portion of the spirit that was on Elijah. And by that spirit, many miracles were wrought. Weren't they? Great things happened. And so he, uh, he was with him. He did see him. And as uh, he went out of sight, the mantle that uh, Elijah had carried and worn come floating back down. He didn't take his mantle with him. You, you don't. You don't need your anointing for service there. Like here. This is service in the earth. And uh, so he took it up 
He walked back to the river. He said, where is the God of Elijah? Is he still here? Are we still in business? <laughs> he just lost his, his example, his teacher. Didn't lose him. He, he was separated from him temporarily. And so he smote that body of water with that thing. And I mean this thing parted. And all of the uh, ministers and ministers in training that were there at that place, they made this remark in uh, 2 Kings 2, 15. 2 Kings 2, 15, when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. The spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. There's been... Ignorance, confusion, misunderstanding. Sometimes you'll see a, a woman or a man of God that were used mightily and they go home to be with the Lord. People say, I wonder who gets their mantle. And people say, I'm going to get it. And I'm going to get it. And there's almost this idea that people are in competition. Yeah. And whoever, you know, hollers the loudest and, and prays and fasts the most will get it. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. No. It's either yours from the Lord or it's not. Right. And it's, it's not just about something that you want. It's about like call. And when the Lord has something for somebody, they need to be trained to yield to that. So what's Elisha been doing for the last several years? He's been with Elijah. And he was, the Bible said he poured water on his hands. So he's helping him with mundane things But while that's going on, something else is going on. He's in association with the anointing that's on this man in this ministry early to late. And he doesn't even realize that he's watching Elijah yield to the Spirit of God. He's learning things he doesn't even know he's learning. He is watching Elijah. They're in situations. And he sees Elijah he senses the presence of God and, and he knows something needs to happen but he doesn't know what needs to happen or how it needs to happen and he sees Elijah interpret it and yield to the Holy Ghost and he sees the thing happen that should have happened. He's being trained to yield to the same anointing. Doesn't even probably know it at the time. Uh, you remember reading in the scripture about familiar spirits? These are evil wrong spirits. Familiar spirits. What would a familiar spirit be? Well, it's familiar with somebody. Go to Matthew 12. Somebody say familiar. Familiar. What's the significance of familiar? Of all the things you could call them, why would this be an issue? Because they are familiar with an individual, and not just an individual, a place, and sometimes generations of a family. Why would that be significant? In Matthew 12, 43, do we believe in miracles? Do we believe in spiritual realities? Do we want to be up and ready for these kind of things? Hmm? Okay, that's why we're talking about it. Jesus said when the unclean spirit's gone out of a man, so he was in the man. Influencing the man, but the man's been delivered, and this unclean spirit's gone out of him. He walks through dry places, 
And he's seeking rest and finds none. He is a displaced spirit. He, he doesn't have a body. Your body is your spirit's house. And this body is very significant to you. You might, you know, some people tell, I don't like my body. I hate my body. No, no. You may not like the condition of it. <laughs> but, uh, and a lot of that's our fault. A whole lot of that. And then some of it may be just due to aging or the curse or this or that. But good news. Your body and mine is going to be changed. And the corruptible is going to put on incorruptible. And mortal is going to put on immortality. And this body is yours and mine forever. It's our spirit's house. And Corinthians 5 talks about we don't want to be unclothed. We don't want to be naked spirits. We want to be clothed upon with our glorified body. Well these spirits are displaced. They don't have a house. That's why they want to get into other places. And once, once they have influenced somebody to yield to them, that's not always easy. They work on people to train them to yield to them. And so if they get displaced, where do they want to go? Same place where that person had yielded to them. Instead of trying to start over, getting, getting somebody else to yield to them to the point where they had that kind of influence and control. And you see that uh, they said, I'll return to my house. Lying devil, that's not their house. It's that, per- that man's house. And he comes, finds it empty, swept and garnished, and takes other seven spirits more wicked than himself. And they interdwell there. The last state of the man's worse than the first. That's why Jesus would say when people were delivered, remember, he'd tell them sometimes, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come on you. When you get delivered, you do not want to go back to it. You can wind up worse than you ever were. And in Mark 5, did you put it up on the screen, Mark 5, 10, you know, when he cast that spirit out of that man. The devil that was in him besought him much that he would what? Don't send us away out of the country. Why? Because they're familiar with that and the people in there are familiar with them and have learned to yield to them. That's why wrong spirits are, for lack of a better word, regional. Why? Why are some cities have the, people say, the spirit of the town. Why? It's known for this, it's known for that. A lot of it's evil and bad. Why? Spirits. And sometimes it's been that way for a hundred years or more. Well, the people that were there a hundred years ago, most of them are not there. So what's happening? If, If you're losing your host, you want to find the person most like them. Oftentimes, that's a child, son or a daughter, for good or for bad. And people talk about generational curses and sometimes go through gyrations of stuff that really amounts to nothing. Because it's not just a matter of getting delivered. You've got to get your mind renewed so that you quit yielding to these things. People can pray over you. You can have some temporary relief. But if you keep yielding to the same stuff, you're going to be in the same shape. In fact, you could be in worse shape. 
Well, you can see a similar thing with Elijah and Elisha. Who's that ministry anointing beginning to operate through now? Somebody that's very much like him, that's been with him for years. Come on, can you see this? And has been trained to yield in this area. Our associations are much more significant than we thought. And you don't want to try to mimic a man or a woman. Don't do that. Don't, don't try to talk like them. Don't try to act like them. You'll just wind up reproducing their faults. Don't do it. Don't try to be like anybody else. But if the Lord has you serving with somebody and some things begin to happen and it sounds a little like them, it's not so much that it's like them, it's like the same spirit they're yielding to. And that's good. Do we need to be trained to yield to the Holy Spirit? To yield, the Bible, 1 Corinthians talks about having, uh, in Romans, having gifts differing. To one is given by the Spirit this. To another is given by the Spirit To another. We don't all have the same calls or anointings or graces. That's why God will hook you with people and put you around people that have like call. Because you need to learn how to yield to that. And that's why the devil works so hard to get you mad or miffed or hurt or something so that you unhook and you separate because that's a valuable supply of the Spirit. And if you're carnal enough and fleshy enough to get hurt and mad and upset and just quit and unhook, then in effect you've uh, cut off your training. You've gotten out of the environment you need to be immersed in. Many have done that. We just prayed, God train me. You in faith about that? Train us how to yield. Stand up on your feet. Train us how to yield. Well, I've had some of the same problems that my mom did or my dad did. We need this generational curse broken. No, you need to quit thinking like they thought. You need to quit yielding to what they yielded to. You're a child of God. You got the authority yourself. Needs to be a stopping of yielding. Don't the same problems that your parents had and your relatives had. You don't have to have the same thing. And your children don't have to have the same thing. But you got to get your mind renewed with the word of God. And you can't talk like they talked. And you can't believe like they believed. And you can't yield to the same sins they yielded to. Or no matter how much people pray for you or try to cast out of you, you're not going to be free if you keep yielding to the same thing. Can you see this, friends? Close your eyes. Pray it out loud. Father God. Anything we've yielded to. That we should not have. Help us to realize it. Help us to see it. If it was a spirit. Our spirits. That influenced. Members of our family. In times past or recently, we refuse to yield to it. Help us to see it. Help us to see it for what it is. And we purpose to resist it and give no place in our mind, our thoughts, our words, our actions. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries 
and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.